0: This is a fake. Duh. It says colony of (laughs) Maffichufits. More like taxichufits. That's just how we print S's, you stupid fahit heads. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled.
1: I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season six, episode 23, All the President's Heads. I have a shocker for you, Ben. I have a question. What? I know. It's
0: totally outside of what we do in these opening bits. However, I still have one.
1: Okay, hit me with that.
0: If you had an ancestor that was a-, a traitor, would you try to go back in time and kill him?
1: Or her, of course. Kill them? Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that this is in a situation where they have already spawned any sort of offspring that needs to exist for me to exist. That's a fair requirement to the, the question, sure. Um, I... Hmm, I don't know. I mean, causality is a hell of a thing. Sure.
0: Now, what happens if you mess up and, I don't know, America becomes British?
1: Then I imagine I will have to start using the metric system, which is probably a good thing. But I will also have to start spelling color with a U. And I'm just not into that. It's
0: a mixed bag is what I'm hearing. It's a mixed bag.
1: So... You on know. the one hand, we ditch our our ridiculous system based on uh a uh, uh, base 12 system to uh, measure uh, distance and use a very scientifically sound and easy-to-use system that the rest of the world uses, mm-hmm. solving a lot of problems in my day-to-day life and all of our day-to-day lives as Americans. Okay. But... We have to spell color with a U, and I'm just not into it. You know, it's good that these are the only two changes that you seem to care about. (laughs) That and aluminum. We would also say aluminum. And
0: clearly, those two things are way more horrible than the metric system is great.
1: No, I see. I I think aluminium is a it's a neutral.
0: Okay, I I, because you said it right after the bad. So I figured it was an additional bad. But you're saying it's neutral.
1: I think it's neutral because it is a thing that I still a thing that I have to get used to, to saying instead of aluminum. Sure. However. I think the word aluminium is kind of fun.
0: Fair. There's a mini in there, and that's kinda funny.
1: Right. And like, so you're like you know, no, there's nothing fun about aluminum. It's Hand me that aluminum not. foil. Nope. Hey, hey, we are drinking out of aluminum cans. Whatever. Recycle that aluminum. Nope. Hand me one of those aluminium cans. I'm into that. <laughs> that sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> it's true. I, I there's only a few differences between us and Britain.
1: You know what? I'm going to upgrade aluminium to a pro. Oh, wow. Okay. It goes in the pro list. Let's go back in time and get taken over by Britain. There will be no I, negative I, repercussions. I
0: feel like get <laughs> get take over by Britain is not exactly the right terminology here.
1: Look, I'm not a historian. <laughs> Unless it's about art. Or, or about presidential genitalia.
0: If you want to hear about Ben's rant about presidential I a,
1: genitalia, I want to have on a very extended rant about uh, President Harding's uh, affairs and the name that he calls his genitalia. And on our Patreon exclusive, so check that out. Give us money. Listen to me talk about presidential genitalia. That's my sales pitch.
0: It's it's like I said. You're a great businessman. Um. I don't know if I said that on the podcast or in the Patreon exclusive, but I certainly said it somewhere.
1: So I did do my ancestry back to uh, 1775, Okay, though, uh, way along my dad's side, uh, my like great times six or whatever, how my, however many generations that is. According to the Pennsylvania census, he was a distiller. Ooh. So he was out there making some, I like to think, some Irish whiskey because that is my sort of jam yeah and it's a i have a very irish surname so you know i'm i'm just gonna make that assumption that it that uh my great 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 grandpa was out there making irish whiskey and now i'm just living the dream and and uh drinking that irish whiskey uh uh-huh continuing that proud tradition uh
0: as you should i do remember when i went to ireland i definitely saw people with your last name and i was like (gasps) We exist. (laughs) He must be related to Ben. (laughs) Obviously. That's how it works. That's how Uh it works. I mean, technically, if you really, really want to think about it, we're all probably from one single ancestor, so we're all probably some kind of family. Gross. I was going more for, like, the world is not that
1: different, but you're making it a gross thing. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it means I'm related to, like, everyone. I mean, we're all we're all humans. Some of us. I'm mostly machine. Anyways, oh.
0: so <laughs> this is this is an interesting <laughs> fact to drop on the podcast and then move on quickly.
1: Uh-huh. Um I would not dwell too much on that. Um
0: <laughs> or fact check it at all, really. Or
1: or definitely do not fact check it. So episode 23 of season 6 of Futurama. This episode uh, this podcast of an episode of a podcast
0: <laughs> yes that yes, that ignore the
1: fact I just told everyone that I'm a robot, so all the president's heads we start up planet express uh the professor comes <laughs> in and he's like, "Good news, remember how I was just telling you about my family tree? No, and he pulls out this hologram of his family tree, and uh. He points out a couple of famous Farnsworths, like Philo Farnsworth, Mm -hmm. the inventor of television, and Dean Farnsworth, the inventor of the uh, uh, color blind test. Mm -hmm. uh, Both real people. Yep, and also a modern day
0: Farnsworth who created the Anti Senility Trust. Trust.
1: Now, I do want to know if, when they were writing, like the the. Setting and and the pilot for for this show. If they were like, we should name. It, were they just like Farnsworth is a real dorky sounding name, and so we got to go with that? Or do you think they were like, let's go with one of the major inventors of television?
0: Honestly, I think they did. I think they saw Philo Philo Farnsworth's last name and went with that. But I can't. I don't. It would know be a very sure.
1: Futurama thing to do. It would. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they decided to do. But I I might be wrong. Do you think maybe the, I'm going to, I'm going to look that up on the Infosphere. Ben checks the Infosphere. It's time to get more knowledge. Cool. The Infosphere can't be reached. Never mind. That was a fun idea. (laughs) Okay. Is my internet just out or nope. The Infosphere is just dead. No. Yeah. I'm having some internet problems. I don't, it's not the Infosphere. It is my internet. I was worried there for a moment. Professor, I gotta look this up on my phone now. Professor Farnsworth InfoSphere. Uh, I I have found on
0: Wikipedia some information about this. Okay. Uh, uh, this is cited or it has a citation, so it's should be good to go. He was named after electronic television pr- pioneer Philo Farnsworth, giving him the f- same first name as University of California philosophy professor Hubert Dreyfus of which, of whom writer and producer Eric Kaplan was a former student. Okay, cool. So there it is. So confirmed. Boom. That's the confirmed noise in this podcast.
1: Like uh, Mythbusters? Yeah, exactly like Mythbusters. Cool. That's Please don't for. sue us, Discovery Channel. I made it with my mouth. It is
0: my creation. It, it came out of my mouth, therefore it's mine. The modern-day Farnsworth is uh, actually Professor Farnsworth. Leela points this out to him, and his anti-senality trust explodes.
1: And we also see that uh, Fry is, um, because F- Professor Farnsworth is like, this is such a noble tree of greatness mm-hmm. and smarts. No wormy fruit on this family tree. And somebody points out, well, isn't Fry like a really distant uncle?
0: He's not a true Farnsworth. He's on a branch that is all gross and has dung beetles all
1: over it and uh yeah his his branch his branch is so gnarly that it breaks off of the hologram somehow Mm -hmm. and hits
0: fry directly in the head and wakes him up which he then says
1: hey what are these 17 dung beetles doing very particular first of all i do want to point out that hermes at this point is like well it's six o'clock guess we can deliver that human heart tomorrow
0: hey when when that six o'clock hour comes and you get to get off
1: of work it's super exciting. I know that feel, man. Like some of my coworkers, are like man, four o'clock hits and you're just out the door. And I'm like, well, yeah. Why wouldn't I be?
0: <laughs> it's like I did my job today. You
1: you work this same job and you know how bad this same job is. Why wouldn't I like be, be one foot out the door the moment it hits four o'clock? <laughs> so, uh, anyways, Fry has to go off to do his night job because he. Needed a second job to afford the coffee to keep him awake for his night job. I think that is circular logic. That certainly makes sense. Uh huh. Leela disagrees with that, and she tries to like point out the problem, and he just won't hear. He's like, "Well, that's it. Bye. Gotta go." And so his night job is at the head museum. Uh, Uh, He's like some sort of uh, night guard slash. Head feeder. Mm-hmm. Uh Dr. Cahill references him as Lars, and he's like, eh, it's fry. Well, whatever.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, technically, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But now, important question. If you go back in time and live a whole life of different experiences under a different name, are you still really Mike?
0: Oh. <sighs> now. Now this is the
1: question that
0: is truly should have been the opening bit, because this is
1: more because deep so you you go back in time yep uh 12 years back in time okay and you assume the identity of dilbert sure and you live a whole life of dilbert and then 12 years later you catch up to you right before you went back in time uh-huh. so there's dilbert and mike you know the classic pairing is dilbert really mike whoa because up until mike goes back in time he's mike but now dilbert has lived a a whole extra 12 years of experiences that if mike lives another 12 years he won't have those same experiences or is it just a different mike mike alpha and mike beta i mike prime if you will
0: i do like mike prime better um i do not know that is a wow You've dropped some
1: philosophy on me and I do not know how to respond to that. I've been reading 11 63 by Stephen King and so my brain has been very heavily steeped in a lot of time travel lately <laughs> and it is very clearly affecting the way that I think. <laughs> okay,
0: so so I I think they're probably, you know, Dilbert and and Mike Prime are probably uh clearly different people at that point even though they share the same DNA.
1: Okay. What do you think? I think it's irrelevant because it's happening to you, and I don't care. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and? No, who gives a hell? (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, I think... (laughs) I think that philosophically um i think philosophically they'd be probably two different people because we are our experiences that's true um so you start out as sort of like you know one uh two two identical pieces sure uh or or instances that's a better word right you start out as two identical instances one instance goes off and has its own sort of experiences. So now, like, let's say Dilbert gets really into smooth jazz during those 12 years. Okay, not that different, but all right. Um, Wait, what's a genre of music you don't like? Heavy metal. He gets... Fair. He gets into real, like, heavy metal, like screamo, kind of... Swedish death metal. Like, melodic death metal. Got it. That is Dilbert's thing. Okay. So now... Whatever things that happened over those twelve years with Dilbert has been amplified by that death metal. <laughs> uh huh. So he now like if we if we took Mike and Dilbert and and put them in a room and then put on some some melodic death metal,
0: I probably would be like, "That's not for me." My,
1: yeah, you'd be like, "Oh, that this." You know, no offense, but like, can we change this? And meanwhile, Dilbert is like headbanging and screaming along. Mm-hmm. So like, two very different people um i started out from the same sure
0: i also imagined uh dilbert with like black sweatbands um on his wrists uh i don't really have anything more than that um but no that's fair i i think there's there's also the discussion of like um similarly to how the different universes uh, universe a and universe mongooses Mm -hmm. where you flip a coin and you make a decision based off of that and those two people split off at that point those are two separate people, even though they're close and they have the same DNA, but they've had different experiences, to, to your right. point. I, I think you're probably right that
1: experiences make up who you are. It's a very philosophical conversation on a podcast where we usually <laughs> tell stupid jokes about Scooby-Doo and... Scooby-Don't. Scooby-Don't. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but what do we even do on this? <laughs> we just... We hit... We jumped the shark...
0: And then we jumped the shark and then we we landed
1: around. We jumped the shark and landed uh, over the pool where the shark was for some reason. Into a classroom. Into a a philosophy classroom. And, uh, (laughs) you know, now we're just here. Now we're in the middle of the midterm and we didn't study. And also, I'm naked, like one of those bad dreams where it's the sure. final and I'm naked. And, well, I mean, uh-huh. how
0: else are you going to jump the shark? You got to do it naked,
1: right? You don't want to get that shark, uh, like you don't want to let that shark grab onto your clothes. Ex- oh, that would right? be the worst thing, right? Give as I little. I mean, we, we
0: all saw, f- uh, we all saw poor, poor Jacob with his giant long robe, and he decided to try to jump He's that shark, jumping the shark and in a he robe. Just, don't and he just do grabbed it. Grabbed that robe and. You know, now we have to talk to the family. Jacob will be missed. He will be. But he made a bad decision, and I think we should all try to learn from that and learn from his mistake. We're
1: like four minutes into this episode. (laughs) (laughs) so um, We
0: haven't gotten to the main plot yet.
1: Anyways, Dr. Cahill's like, uh, no parties or anything. Um, Or else
0: it'll be your ass in a
1: jar. I want to go to that museum.
0: Kind of, yeah. It'd be weird.
1: Uh, So, Just just all ISIS. Just all... uh Uh-huh. So Fry is feeding all the presidents some president chow out of a bag. Uh, Clinton is bored
0: and challenges President Taft to a pie-eating contest. Taft accepts.
1: I mean, I would as well, because there's pie involved. That's fair. But
0: Taft definitely thinks he can beat Clinton.
1: I mean... I... I bet Taft knows how to eat some pie. Mm-hmm. So uh, that sounded so much like a <laughs> euphemism. I,
0: I, I, it actually felt like a euphemism, which is weird.
1: It's making me wonder if that's why Clinton was the one who delivered that yes, line. Yes, so it absolutely moving, was. That's the on, joke. Well, moving on. Welcome to the joke. Um moving on president harding wants some loose women this is where i would would have put my extended rant about how he named his penis jerry but i already had that subscribe to patreon for more um or just use google we it's have, all there on google we
0: have such a buck wild value proposition for our patreon
1: <laughs> um and the presidents are all just like they they're just so bored they spend their entire time in these jars in this museum And they managed to convince Fry, all right, let's throw a party. One small get together, as long as it's quiet and dignified.
0: We smash cut to something that's not quiet or dignified.
1: And uh, apropos of nothing, the smash cut just sort of made me think of it. There's no montages in this episode. What? I didn't notice. (laughs) I'm keeping an eye on them now.
0: (laughs) I feel like I should have seen that like a sore thumb. (laughs) Like No montages this week.
1: Uh, so they have this, uh, I mean, unless you want to count this party as a montage, which I really don't. No, it's, um,
0: it's set to music, but I mean, we're really, uh, splitting hairs at this point. What, so, what is a montage and what isn't?
1: Uh, so yeah, they're having this party where they're all, uh, hanging out and like drinking a bunch of beers Four more beers. Hermes is talking about hemp with Jefferson as you do.
0: As you do. The professor goes to show his family tree to Reagan um, because he definitely asked for it. He did not. Washington's like, Farnsworth, the Farnsworth name is a stain on American history.
1: And uh, yeah, we find out from one Mr. George Washington that uh, there was a man named David Farnsworth who was a counterfeiter and a spy and one of the most treasonous of all... People in the colonies the professor uh accuses
0: him of lying and leela's like that's george washington he tends not to do that
1: and then uh, at that point dr cahill comes in and looks very disappointed but then it turns out she's also here to party
0: yeah so she starts partying with him uh this is when zoidberg's like hey lbj you want to get drunk and lbj's like yeah and then zoidberg starts drinking the jar juice of lbj which i think is a cute turn of phrase
1: Mm -hmm. it's pretty good um i would like to point out well okay let me finish this thought because he drinks lbj and then he magically like disappears (laughs) and goes back to the 60s along with uh amy and the professor professor and they meet andy warhol then uh the andy warhol's like whoa you're some weird cool like lobster dude and then they all go back to the year 2012 or whenever. I don't remember what year it is now. In the future. Oh, in the
0: future, because you said 2012.
1: I was like, uh, 30, I don't remember that. 3012. They, uh-huh, yep, 30, 12. uh huh? Yep, 3012.
0: You certainly didn't say 2012 at all.
1: Time travel makes tenses fun. So it
0: sure does, actually.
1: Um, but yeah, they go back and to the future. Loves it. Future is always doing this. Uh huh. It's true. And I, you know what? I love it. I love when Futurama does time travel. It tends to be a lot of fun.
0: That is fair. Like, I think they can, they're one of the few places that do it very well.
1: So, uh, so yeah, they go back to the year 3012 and, uh, they're like, oh, what the hell just happened? And then Fry licks Hoover's head. Who doesn't want to do that? Uh, me for one. Um, and then they go, <laughs> it takes Fry and Bender and, uh, uh Lila and Hermes. Okay. Yeah. But basically the other half of the crew Yeah. takes them back to prohibition era where they're in a speakeasy mm-hmm. and, uh, the bartender thinks Bender's are the new still. And, uh, then, Even, but he just smells like one. He's not one. Then, uh, they start getting shot up and then they go back to thirty twelve. 12, hmm. And, uh, so we find out that, um, basically if you, if you, uh, lick or drink one of these presidents, uh, you go back to the time period that they were originally from. Mm -hmm. Now, important point. Yes. Uh, Hank Aaron, the 24th drinks Wade Boggs and does not go back to Wade Boggs's day. Ooh. Or... Here's a here's I'm here's something I'm positing, it's never shown.
0: <laughs> Think about the mischief he could get into Wade Boggs' day, which is like the late eighties.
1: So okay, so what you're saying is in uh uh the Blurters Ball episode that yes, uh, a of her own yes, in the episode a of her own yes, Hank Aaron the twenty fourth drinks Wade Boggs yep, and then after it cuts to the next scene. Uh, Hank Aaron the 24th goes back to Wade Boggs's day and has a very brief adventure. Yes. And then pops back into the present timeline and then doesn't mention it to anybody. Yes. It's just (laughs) seen deleted. I
0: will say that I imagine that most people, if well, most people, it's a ridiculous thing to say. What I should be saying is, when those that imbibe of jar juice um do it they just kind of think they're having
1: some kind of magical trip because that's what about. okay so so what you're saying is he he disappears and goes back to the 1980s -hmm. and then he's there for a brief moment and he basically thinks it's like salvia where he has a very brief and intense high yes and then he pops back in and so um it's just
0: his way of coping
1: really and because he doesn't really know much about science or blerns ball or anything really right um he uh, just thinks it's a really interesting trip
0: yeah i that's what i think so he doesn't think it's and he's he's done it before so it's not like he thought yeah i should tell people about this
1: no it's like why okay no i'm willing to accept plus here
0: here Maybe he doesn't want to tell people because he wants to protect because it's still getting him. He's, it, he, he likes it and he doesn't want to share it with anybody. He's okay. selfish.
1: There's only so much Wade Boggs to go around. Exactly. Okay. you got
0: to save all the Wade Boggs for yourself.
1: <laughs> I would. Okay. No, if you that's... could
0: go back into the 80s at any time,
1: yeah, that seems like a pretty good high to me. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I'm willing to accept this as <laughs> canonical. Does it give a new subtext to... It explains a lot about Hank Aaron the 24th. <laughs> his his brain is just so messed so, up yeah. from con- continuously going back to the 1980s in very short bursts by drinking Wade Boggs. <laughs> it's, his brain is more opal than brain now. Okay. This makes a lot of sense, and it... Ex- we're solving mysteries left and right here. And I love it. We do a service on this podcast for once. We are getting really into the nuts and bolts of Futurama. This is
0: what people have been asking us to do for years. And we're doing it now. <laughs> we're and finally, this
1: one finally talking about Futurama go- doing a deep dive, figuring out all the mysteries. Anyways, we find out <laughs> from Dr. Cahill that, uh, the heads are kept alive through some, uh, crystalline opal that has been uh, like powdered up mm-hmm. it keeps the heads alive but they don't really know how
0: the professor does though uh, he indicates it keeps each head in a time stasis bubble and that means that they're actually being sent back in time when they do this they're not just on a weird high unlike what hank Aaron the 24th thinks
1: exactly Um, it does also explain why they've gotten so many heads that are like already dead Mm -hmm. because no one was preserving George Washington's head since like the, you know, 1800s. Right. But then they use this opal and you're back. Yeah. Just, okay. I don't, I don't know how they like. Nope. but I don't want to know. There's a process (laughs) between we've got an empty jar and some opal powder and we've got George Washington's a very alive head in a jar. There are some things I want answered. This is not that. But it does explain how they got them. Yes. Okay. So, Um, also they
0: point out the new painting on the wall, which is Zoidberg in the Andy Warhol style.
1: It's proof that you can go back and change the past. It's true. We also (laughs) not like this crew has ever done that before. No, never. We also find out that it has a very important to the plot. This a uh, vial of crystalline opal is the entire world supply mm-hmm, that is true it does seem a little foolish to keep the entirety of the supply in one location mm-hmm. just from a disaster resilience standpoint Yeah, there needs to be redundancy here but despite the fact that it is only this little vial it is enough to keep all the heads alive for mm-hmm. like thousands of years yes. even so though a little, it's a
0: little bit goes a long way certainly uh the <laughs> farnsworth wants to call it the farnsworth effect george washington's like
1: it, it it won't undo the treachery of david farnsworth and that's when he gets the idea to dump literally the entirety of the opal powder into george washington's tank and then uh, as leela puts it no professor no you can't tongue the father of our country <laughs> but tongue he does and so he licks george washington's head and they all instantaneously go back to 1775. So they end up back in colonial era. Uh, the professor says that with that much opal, uh, he, he figures that they've got about 24 hours before they get zapped back to the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find a newspaper
0: and it is April
1: 17th, 1775.
0: It's also the same date that the Continental Congress
1: is meeting in secretly in New York. They're like, man, but where in New York. And then there's only two buildings there. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, eh, we'll start with that one. And <laughs> it's, it's a good little gag. So meanwhile, inside, uh, they are having this uh, Continental Congress, and uh, they have just cast a vote to make New Jersey the official joke state of the United States. Uh, the crew knocks, uh, and that leads Jefferson to eat the entire parchment. Mm-hmm. All so, of it. I have a feeling that changes history because now New Jersey's not the joke state anymore, well, which state is? I don't know. I mean like if there's not an official one, I have to figure that oh. like in about in about a hundred years when the country's really just yearning for a joke state, yeah, they cast a new vote, Ooh. and by then, there's all sorts of more states that it could be that's true, like maybe it's Iowa, California wasn't even a thing. Yeah, in 1775, California, they didn't even know there was an ocean over there. Yeah, they have They have no idea what's going on. So, you know, if you give it till like 1875, you know, California, like, there's the gold rush in 69. Certainly not I don't know when it actually became a state, but like, you know, the point is there's all sorts of other states. That's fair. Who knows? Well, why don't we suggest to Congress, the current Congress,
0: we need a joke state and we need to vote on it now. This, this country has fallen apart. We need to unify against one state. That state is the joke.
1: Who would you nominate?
0: Oh, see, that's a hard one. <laughs> it's it's hard. Ho- it, now, I... Okay, so, through a process of, of elimination, I will not
1: indicate here. It's got to be Rhode Island. It's so small. It's very small. I like making fun of the size of Rhode Island. It feel, fills me with a lot of joy. See, um, see,
0: this is this. We're, we're just workshopping
1: here, but I think we've got something—a good start. See, my gut says Florida, but you've already got the whole Florida Man meme. Right. So, like, I feel like you can't have it both be the state and also Florida Man. Right. So I, fe- it's too I feel famous like for something else. Fe- I feel like you got to separate those out. Exactly. Rhode, um, I- what
0: is Rhode Island
1: famous for? being
0: small exactly see you can you can tie that together with being a joke state and now rhode island not only florida doesn't need it rhode island does think Mm -hmm. about it this Mm -hmm. will bring people into rhode island to laugh at it but you know it'll bring people in and that's all that matters the economy of rhode island is going to go right to the roof Mm -hmm.
1: see i was going to say kansas but there's not like there's so little in kansas you can't even make fun of it yeah the joke is kansas is barely there right exactly so okay well i will think about this Mm -hmm. because this is a much deeper question than i originally Mm -hmm. thought what about you
0: tweeted us at back to futurama what is your joke state
1: I mean, I hate to say it because we live here, but Oregon's a pretty good... It's pretty good. It's full of, full of weed and hipsters. It's and, true. Uh, died of dysentery jokes. If anyone says Alaska, I'll fight you. <laughs> anyway, boy, I, I, we're...
0: I wouldn't even do that for Virginia, but Alaska, I'm coming for you.
1: We're making terrible time on this episode. <laughs> You know
0: at like live shows when people have, <laughs> when they have clocks that say like you've got 20 minutes left it's like ha, 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 that's neat. Let's go on a 20 minute rampage I about should... joke state.
1: So they walk in and they think Bender's a Crockpot, which is sort of the ongoing joke in this episode. Yeah. Everyone thinks Bender's something different. Um Did they have Crockpots at that time? I feel like they did. It was just, like, different. Like, it wasn't electric, obviously. Sure. Boogie oogie oogie. I'm pretty sure there was a thing. I don't know the history of crockpots, and I don't have time to Google it based on how much other stuff I've already looked up. Do you know the history of crockpots?
0: Tweet at back to Futurama. And let us know.
1: Or we'll just start a history of crockpot podcast. So
0: That seems like a very narrow cast.
1: Um, Probably more popular than this, though. I did want to point out in this scene as they're talking, you can see a map of the... the uh colonies mm-hmm. in the background. It's pretty accurate because nice. um, you know, they uh Vermont's not on there yet because it was part of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh West Virginia's not on there because it was part of Virginia. Sure was. Um uh couldn't see as far up as Maine, but it didn't look like Maine was there, which was originally part of Massachusetts. Now you know a little bit more about the colonies in seventeen seventy five, thanks to your old pal Ben. This has been Schoolhouse Rock. With a minus rock.
0: Just schoolhouse
1: but yeah, no, I was like, that's it's pretty accurate. The The drawing of sort of the rest of the continent was a little too accurate, I think, for sure. the time, but the colonies themselves are pretty accurate, which I, I appreciated that little detail. So the professor
0: asks where, where they can find the counterfeiter. Um, and the only they, they indicate the only person that has such a nice press that could press these is Benjamin Franklin. And he is all the way in Philadelphia. The professor delivers a wonderful line. I'm sure no
1: one's ever said this before, but I must get to Philadelphia as quickly as possible. In Philadelphia, they find Benjamin Franklin and uh, they, they show him this counterfeit bill. And he's like, well, I mean, it looks like mine, you know, uh, uh, satanic uh, symbolism. And mm-hmm. and wait a minute. And uh, he realizes that it's, it's I don't remember what tips him off. Fry thinks it's because it says Mm-hmm. and it's pointed out that that's just how they used S's back then, which incidentally is true. It's called the long S. Look it up, because I don't have time to explain it.
0: <laughs> Look this, it up on this, this episode, podcast.
1: This episode became a real educational one for me, where I'm just like, oh yeah, no, I've got a tidbit about that. Yeah. I know about the long S in, in printing. Sure. Um, It was a lot of... I don't remember the specific rules for it, but... um. But some, they're lost to time now. On, on printing presses, sometimes you'd have uh, a long S that looked sort of like an F, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really weird. It makes it really hard to go back and read a lot of stuff because your brain wants to make it an F. Right. It's um, just like
0: a a really
1: fancy F. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a real thing. The mm-hmm. long
0: long S. They do make a joke to get around some censorship, which is kind of funny.
1: Right, because he's like, because uh, Benjamin Franklin is, is like... No, that's that's just an S. We don't actually pronounce it like that. You f hit head. So dumb. It's it's one of those jokes that is just it's so dumb that it comes back around <laughs> yeah. to like I chuckled at it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Franklin thinks that somebody must have used his printing press.
1: Oh, let me go ask my apprentice, David Farnsworth. And so
0: they go and check they, it out. They arm themselves, including Franklin, who gets a badger on a stick, also known as the Franklinator.
1: Which I kind of love. Not all of his inventions really caught on. I think that's just foolish of
0: us. We should have caught on with the Franklinator.
1: Think of the wars. We would have won them all. So uh, they go into the uh, Apprentice's chamber, uh, which all it has is just a a seat over a chamber pot Mm -hmm. um it turns
0: out there's a massachusetts hay penny in the chamber pot bender's like i'm gonna go get it (laughs) he doesn't know what a chamber pot is though and he doesn't care he he doesn't care to learn and it's everybody's like oh no
1: and we find out that it is actually counterfeit it is nothing but worthless tin Mm -hmm. this is because
0: bender bites the poo penny which fry sings it's pretty
1: gross Although he's a robot, so whatever. Yeah, to him, it's germs don't have anything for you. Franklin is like, well, um, I think the person to really talk to about this would be my friend who's a silversmith. He's in Boston. That's too far to
0: go in the time that we have. And Franklin has an idea. He flies a kite in a thunderstorm and ties it to Bender.
1: Which uh, actually works. Like...
0: They it's all, amazing. They all
1: get a wagon and uh they, they get on a wagon and tie Bender to the front and then it electrocutes Bender and he runs for a bit and then slows down and he gets electrocuted again. Uh a thing we also left out is that Franklin thinks that he is, that Bender is a uh uh I don't know, we said he crockpot stove, something. He puts a chicken inside Bender. Yeah. We we neglected to say Just, that part about the chicken.
0: Everybody's putting a lot of stuff into Bender.
1: And so in Boston, uh, they go to Paul Revere's Silversmith shop where it says, Paul Revere, Silversmith. We smelt it and dealt it. <laughs> the, <laughs> I will say this is about <laughs> when
0: I got to the studio for recording and I saw Ben like pause it and was like, I got to write this down. It's very good.
1: And uh so you you pause a whole lot less than I do though. So there's that. Uh-huh. It's why my notes are garbage most of the time
0: <laughs> and why mine are way too overdetailed.
1: So yeah, they they find out that um David Farnsworth was actually just hired on uh to help out during the fall candlestick rush. He's in the foundry right now.
0: Everyone arms themselves with the Franklinator. Fry gets the one with the chipmunk on it. Also, Bender has one with a shark on it.
1: Yes, that's the that's the proverbial shark that we all jump to get into that Mm. philosophy class. It's so small, though. It's on a stick. It it was in a pool, Mike. Like so, we okay. It's it's a small. You don't start out jumping big sharks. Oh, I see what you're saying. Jump little sharks. So this is what you're saying. The fun's dead. You don't want to end up like Jacob or whatever his name was. We said it was Jacob. Well done. (laughs) We don't want to end up like Jacob. Don't wear a robe. Start with a small shark. I see. You got to work yourself up to the big shark.
0: You got to start with the baby shark. Yes. So...
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Now I'm just making references to things I don't know. They barge into the foundry, and David Farnsworth is there holding a beveling planisher, which Fry knows exactly what it is, which I love.
0: It's a very good little gag, yes.
1: And, uh, so he goes, uh, David Farnsworth goes to attack and, and Leela starts beating him up and Paul Revere at that point puts a cannonball in Bender and Bender's like, I'm not a cannon. And then he bends him over and lights the, the antenna and then a cannonball just blasts out of Bender's butt. And he's like, Oh, I guess I am a cannon.
0: (laughs) I love the immediate, like, I'm not this. Oh, I guess I am.
1: I mean, because the Very thing good. is, again, we skipped over it, but it, when we were in Benjamin Franklin's house, uh, or no, uh, uh, Paul Revere's house, mm-hmm. we were in, they were in some house, and there was definitely a, a cooked chicken yeah. that uh, Benjamin Franklin was just mm-hmm. going to town on. And
0: I'm pretty sure uh, uh, when he was seen by Paul Revere, it's like, oh, my scrap metal's here.
1: They, they beat him up, and then... Uh, the
0: professor at, hits him with a, a candlestick.
1: And at that moment... Uh, a note comes for Paul Revere where he has to do his famous ride, one if by land, two if by sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he goes off to go uh, warn everybody about the British. Sure. And at that point, Fry, because uh, they, they're, they're burning all of the counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And so Fry grabs a lantern and he's like, here, you can light it up with this. He grabbed one of the lanterns. Mm-hmm. And so Paul Revere thinks they're coming by land but they're actually coming by sea and then what, th-
0: what a mix up
1: and then I do like how the professor is like well you really screwed the granny this time <laughs> that's a good awkward time travel callback it's very good I I do love that
0: they've done time travel enough to reference it within the universe
1: <laughs> uh-huh
0: it's very good to me
1: uh so at that point they go back to the future Hey, that's a movie title. Hey, <laughs> they go back to the year thirty twelve, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody comes back very British, incredibly British. Everything, everything is weird. Yeah, um, they're standing in the all of uh, nobility. Uh-huh. It, uh huh. Because British people definitely, when they don't pronounce the H's, it's because they don't write the H's. Right. It's just uh-huh. an,
0: it's just an apostrophe.
1: And they have they've all got uh over the top british accents
0: incredibly some
1: some of them do it a little bit better than others
0: i wouldn't say any of them are particularly good
1: and uh i do like uh dr zoidberg is a delight of course uh in in this british future like he becomes a big fan of monty python which honestly makes sense we watched this video to sort of fill us in on what happened it's called the colonial dust up and uh, so we find out that Paul Revere really goofed up. Uh, he thought they were coming by land. And so that let them that let the British uh, d- easily defeat mm-hmm. colonial forces. And then Paul, Paul Revere is now referred to as wrong way Revere. And then uh, we find out that everything is just super British now. Instead of Dunkin Donuts, there's Dunkin Crumpets. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I wrote down because <laughs> I saw Harrods. Um I also saw mm-hmm. the fourth doctor run out. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't watch Doctor Who, so like I miss a lot of those references. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh-huh. so so all the which one was the fourth one? Was that the one with the long the scarf? Long scarf, yeah. Okay. Did uh, you know the reason that he has that long scarf? Like, I don't watch Doctor Who, but I can give you a <laughs> Doctor Who fact. I feel like the I reason remember this. Okay, that, go ahead. That he had such a long scarf is because the the uh, woman who was knitting it for wardrobe, uh, like didn't get the right uh, instructions or something. Mm-hmm. Like, she just thought that that was what she was supposed to knit. It was a total mistake. And then they're like, "Yeah, why not?
0: It works. It's it's a great scarf. It, be-
1: it became a very notable thing. It's iconic. It became so notable, I know about it. <laughs>
0: and how much Doctor Who have you watched? An episode. <laughs> hey, that's more than some. Also, David Farmersworth smothered George Washington with his wig, was named a duke, and given massive land holdings.
1: Yeah, so now professor farnsworth owns a whole lot of land and it has like uh uh he's like a noble Mm -hmm. he returns to farningworthshire for luncheon we get of course the the requisite uh bad teeth joke from bender because he's like we've got socialized medicine but why am i still missing missing so many teeth Mm -hmm. because apparently you can't have a british uh joke without it being about bad teeth there you go. Got to have it. When we're going stereotypes, we're going them all the way. We Americans love that stereotype. We,
0: I mean, let's be honest. Futurama loves that stereotype.
1: Yeah, they are talking about going back to fix it, but they can't go back to fix anything because there is no more crystalline opal. The professor used the entire world supply in that one go mm-hmm. to lick the our founding father.
0: And he did a bad job of it.
1: You know, I mean, Leela warned him not to tongue our, uh, the father of our country, and then he did and just did not do it well.
0: Yet again, people need to listen to Leela.
1: For once in their life. Also, the professor thinks it's rather nice living under the crown. I mean, he would. He's got lots of land and money, and uh, also the queen is here for her visit. Her weekly visit. This is when Farnsworth realizes he's the queen's consort. And, uh, he does not find the queen particularly, uh, arousing. That's, that's certainly a way to put it to, to kind
0: of like distract the queen. Uh, he's like, Hey, what's that in your crown? And it is the Andamuka Opal, which is a real thing that was presented to Queen Elizabeth the second in 1954.
1: I looked it up cause the name sounded weird. Whoa. Okay. So now you're spitting out some history <laughs> facts here. I did not know that so that's a real That's a real opal. thing with okay. a Wikipedia
0: page. Not a big one, but one of them.
1: They went to a lot of places on this like I I feel like this one is, writer was a was a history nerd. Yeah. And they were like finally it's my time to shine. <laughs> What's that? You want to do a time travel episode? All yes. right.
0: Let's go to Britain.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> British history, got it. Nailed it. Let's go. Anyways, the professor uh, whacks her on the head and steals her crown, and they run off to the Ed Museum.
0: I love, I do love the
1: lack of H in the sign. It's so dumb.
0: It's such a dumb joke, but it's
1: funny every time. Uh, so they run in. Uh, we get a brief cameo from British Earl and Smitty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Who
0: indicate, well, we'll just have to keep chasing you because we can't carry guns. Uh-huh uh indubitably
1: (laughs) which got a an audible chuckle from both of us uh uh david farnsworth head is there um none of the presidents because the presidents never existed right uh but david farnsworth is there and he's married to one of the spice girls now he doesn't really know which one he
0: doesn't seem to care to know either
1: i mean you know you are you're at a party and you're like i married one of the spice girls like who's gonna ask which one Everyone, probably. Let's no, be fair. real. That's why let's, he, let's be real about that's that. Fair. That's you exa- find out day one which yeah. Spice Girl it is, because you're going to be asked this at every single party you go to for the rest of your life. I'm assuming David Beckham gets this a lot. Probably. Like, I mean, I feel like he's notable enough that he's not going to go to a party and be like, I married one of the Spice Girls. That's
0: fair. He is a noted uh, American uh, soccer player in America. So... We have very few of those. We certainly do. <laughs> I wish we had
1: better ones because then we would be in the World Cups more. So,
0: and we uh, might be good, but
1: we won't. Uh, so at this point, uh, Bender takes the opal, crushes it up on the floor, and then the uh, the professor puts it on David Farnsworth's head and then licks it. And then they all go back in time. And then this time we don't get the whole rigmarole It's just, they go back, they pop back forward. Everyone's, uh, speaking American again. And they did it. Um, it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fry's like this time I left both lanterns in place. And the professor's like, I hit Farnsworth much, much harder, probably too
1: hard. And then, uh, they're like oh yeah we're all back all the presidents are here from chester a arthur to chester z arthur <laughs> i love this joke so much as a bonus you know they're not british because they say z instead of zed Ex- exactly see it's it's there's a lot of layers to I, this
0: i do listen to a canadian podcast and they say zed pe- uh sometimes because it's a, it's a gaming podcast and there's so many
1: games with the with z in the title uh-huh.
0: and it's like oh right you're canadian i forgot <laughs>
1: Uh huh. I'll have to figure that into my calculations of of going back in time and and oh, yeah. losing to to England because
0: aluminium
1: went aluminium to the top. aluminium. I'm in Zed. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. Is Zed near co- color with a U? Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Zed. If if you're from Britain, let us know.
0: <laughs> what did you think about this episode?
1: Uh, and so as they're walking out um so there was there's a the whole bunch of different american flags in this hall uh from different eras and it starts out with a don't tread on me flag but now that flag has been changed to a picture of bender and it says uh bite my shiny metal ass but it's got the long s in a couple places Mm
0: -hmm. it sure does
1: and uh that is where the credits go and that means it's time for grades I actually really like this episode. Um, like I said, I think Futurama does a lot of fun things with time travel. Uh, time travel is a tricky enough thing to mm. write where it can come off overly cheesy or just really oddly complicated. I think Futurama tends to do it really well. Mm-hmm. Also, like I, I feel like I don't know what it is. A lot of TV shows are just like... In love with, well, let's put our characters back in like colonial days. Sure, it's always sunny. In Philadelphia, did it? I'm pretty sure the Simpsons did it. Um, oh, of course, Futurama did it. obviously did it. Like a lot of a lot of TV shows like doing that. I don't right. know why this is the well they always go back to, but uh that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's always sunny. Is partly c- it takes place in Philadelphia, and you know, sure. Philadelphia was kind of big in this whole thing. maybe a little bit, yeah. So, but anyways. So I don't know why it's a trope, but at the same time, I don't really care that much. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fun episode, um, apparently full of a lot of historical facts. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's accurate. We we should call this here's, Ben's History Corner. Here's a joke about the long S. Cool. I'm into it. Like, you know, so um, I do feel like a writer somewhere was like, finally get to use my history degree. Yeah. Um, but all that said, you know, it's a ton of fun. Uh, I think I'm going to give it an A. I've been
0: thinking a lot recently, actually, about um, these later season Futuramas and whether or not they're good or not. Mm -hmm. And the way I'm thinking about this one is that um, if this episode, instead of where it was actually aired, if it was three or four episodes before um, Devil's Hands or I'll Play Things, would it be, would I feel like it was very good? Okay. And this one fits. This one 100% fits. I think it's very funny. I think it's... It knows the characters very well, and it g- goes back to the well of time travel, which Futur- Futurama does incredibly well. I I totally agree with you in in all of that, and I I don't have a reason not to give it an A. I think it's I think it's a wonderful twenty two minutes of Futurama.
1: Excellent. We want to know what you all think, particularly because we've got a lot of listeners in the UK. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> um how do you feel about uh being having, the butt of the joke being for- the butt of the joke for uh for about half of an episode <laughs> um uh yeah we um, want to know what you my assumption is stiff upper lip and all that Uh, you know, I, I knew some, uh, friends who had moved to, uh, Australia when I was in like, uh, third grade and then they came back after five years and boy, they were really upset about that. Apparently Australia really does not like that Simpsons episode where they go to Australia. (laughs) Um, that's, that's what I learned from them. I can't imagine why. Uh, but yeah, we want to know what you think about this episode, uh, about the long S and which state should be the joke state of the united states it's true that is a very important thing that we need to go lobby congress for now Uh uh-huh um we want to know what you think about the fact that i know about what president harding called his genitals and if you want to hear the whole thing you can sign up on patreon uh so yeah we want to hear about all these things and more and you can do that as always by emailing us at back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at back to futurama you can find us on facebook at facebook.com back to futurama and we are on spotify and apple podcasts
0: so find us there review us rate us subscribe and send to your friends and let's all go eat some
1: ben and jerry's together um cool way to make that awkward also um, sure do as we mentioned patreon that's a thing um and we've got a fan group set up by uh one of our fans mm-hmm. laura who is uh always great and um so you can look find that on uh, facebook just look up league of jeremy's uh <laughs> I name,
0: named after the ghosts that haunt this studio sometimes
1: i can't believe that's our fan group name <laughs> but at other times i'm like no that tracks yeah that's all perfect tracks, sense yeah. so uh anyways i think that's gonna do it I for this so. week other than a very important announcement about uh march ocean madness 2019 coming up right after this uh so until next time hopefully with a little bit more futurama and a little bit less history <laughs> I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow.
0: Made it down to eight March Ocean Madness contestants. Let's take a look back and see how they got here. Things are really heating up now, Mike. Scruffy laid a beating on Glurmo, e- ending his magical run, likely fueled by Royal
1: Slurm. I wouldn't want to clean up that mess, Mike. Lur was able to fend off the Razzle Dazzle Arithmetic from Ethan Bubblegum Tate. He is ruler of the planet Omicron I Eight, Mike.
0: Nibbler made sure Slurms McKenzie will have time to party on, but Nibbler's the one heading to the next round.
1: I'm glad I didn't have to watch him eating that worm, Mike.
0: Hedonism Bot said, Oh my, no. To Robot Santa, sending him back to terrorize Neptunian Millhouse. Kiff Croker finally brought Roberto to justice. Morbo made quick work of the hyper chicken. Would this have been different in any
1: courthouse? Hard to say. Morbo destroyed him, Mike. The Hypnotoad entranced Zap Brannigan and sent him back to basic training. Looks like those killbots were no match for the Hypnotoad, Mike. Finally, the
0: Robot Devil got Calculon back for the gift of acting talent. Calculon went down to Georgia, Mike. Those are your eight victors, leaving only four matches in the next round. Let's take a look at the matchups. Scruffy, the janitor, takes on Lur, ruler of Omicron CIA.
1: Gonna be a matchup for the ages, Mike. Nibbler, the cutest, takes on Hedonism Bot. Gonna be a matchup for the ages, Mike. Kiff Croker takes on Morbo. I have no strong opinions one way or the other on this one, Mike. Finally, the Hypnotoad takes on the Robot Devil. It's
0: the match we've all been waiting for, Mike. Who will be heading home and who will be going to the final Ocean 4? Remember to vote for your winner for each matchup and join us next week for the Elite Ocean 8 recap
1: and final Ocean 4 preview for March Ocean Madness 2019. That's a lot of March Ocean Madness, Mike. Don't forget to cast your vote before next Tuesday, April 16th at noon Pacific time. You can do that at neptunianmillhouse.com. Remember, that's Neptunian Millhouse with one L, your headquarters for March Ocean Madness 2019. Remember to ride the walrus.